Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with three locations, 1303 East County Road 200 South in Danville, 7410 West U.S. 36 in Danville, and 2238 West U.S. Highway 36 in Danville. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 31 31- 745-2700 or by going to their website hawkeyestorageunits.com Hey folks, this is Richard Young with the Kentucky Headhunters Group. You're listening to Alan on WYRZ Radio. This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. This is where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host, Alan Kiger. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and my guest today is Billy Dean. How are you today, Billy? I'm doing good, Alan. Thank you for uh, being so patient and connecting with me. We're getting it done. I appreciate that. Let's, let's just go back and let's start from the beginning. And, you know, some of these are going to be questions that you've probably been asked before, but maybe a lot of the listeners don't, don't know. Um, who were your musical influences growing up? Well, I first was, you know, my dad, my dad was a World War II veteran, a disabled veteran, and he kind of, uh, you know, turned to music as a way to, uh, I think, deal with a lot of the PTSD. So I had a band for 28 years, uh, all my life growing up, and I was exposed to the people. My dad was singing, you know, songs like Glenn Campbell songs, Marty Robbins songs, Dean Martin songs. He was singing all over the map. So when I was a little kid, you know, second grade, third grade, uh, around in that you know, elementary school, I was just, I was singing Hank Williams and, and just hanging out with my dad and the band. And then when I became a teenager and started playing more on my own away from my dad's band, uh, I started, you know, getting into those guys like James Taylor, uh, Dan Fogelberg, some of that pop rock stuff. And then I had my traditional country music influence. And then I, man, when I was became a teenager and Willie and Waylon and John Paul Glacier and them, they did the Outlaw album. I really turned to country music. It was it was the country music outlaws that you know, Merle Haggard, uh, Willie and Waylon, you know, those those guys that uh, really uh, spoke to me when I was a teenager. I think I, most people love that kind of music. First of all, I want to tell you, I didn't know about your dad, but I want to, you know, appreciate him for, for all his service. There's there's not many of those World War II bits left, and thank God we had them. Yes, thank God. I, I've learned so much. Uh, I, I have about 50 letters from him and his, his brothers, uh, and he lost two of his brothers during that war, so we've been really doing a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of digging, a lot of research, and, and kind of a preservation project, sort of a family project's been ongoing. But I've learned so much about uh, about the European campaign through these letters. That's just amazing. When did you have your dream of being a musician? I think it was around the tenth grade. Uh, I remember my algebra teacher. Uh, 
getting us all ready for like SAT tests and, and getting us ready to go visit college. You know, when we were about the tenth grade, and I was like, whoa, 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 wait, put the brakes on. <laughs> like, I ain't going. I'm not going to college. This is the end of the line for me for school. <laughs> you know, when I get out of here, I'm going to Nashville. I um, it was usually I started. One, I tell you, right when it hit me, I, I had a summer job driving a tractor, and we were working about eighty hours a week in the summer. And I think at the end of the week, I was getting, I got paid like two hundred bucks or something for like eighty hours work, hard work, you know, on this farm. And I went and sang one song at a talent contest and got paid seventy five bucks for one song. And I, I think I went and computed there. Well, wait a minute. This is my business model right here. And, um, I just entered in contests. There was a lot of local, you know, contests, music contests uh, going on and, you know, Battle of the Band stuff. And uh, there was this thing called the Wrangler Country Star Search, which was a world, well, it was a, a nationwide star search. And it was going to, the, the finals were going to be held in Nashville on a national TV show with like Jerry Reed and Mel Tillis and all these people were on the show and uh, I made it up to the top 10 made it to Nashville and, and was in front of uh, judges who were in the music business such as Frances Preston was she was one of the judges Mary Reeves who was Jim Reeves' widow uh, Jim Reeves great singer uh, and I had grown up listening to him and I met Mary Reeves and really became friends with her so it was uh, it was uh, through a series of contests and, and just 10th grade you know thinking okay this is where I need to be doing I need to start thinking about my future uh, was around the 10th grade that's pretty awesome yeah, did you have a plan B? Was there something you would have liked to have done had the music not worked out for you? Yeah, yeah I was, uh, believe it or not, I, I was not a very serious person, but I loved, uh, I loved, you know, I loved scuba diving, snorkeling. I loved the springs around North Florida. And I had a great biology teacher, and I thought, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll go, I'll become a, marine biologist or something like that somewhere where i could be connected to the water and and um because i love that so much and i had a basketball scholarship out of high school and so i was given a, a, a college scholarship and i went i, I went and played a little basketball in mississippi for a semester and i was going to give that marine biology a a shot, you know, and uh, and I I went up to the music. I found myself up at the music room teaching myself how to play a piano instead of studying biology. So I figured that this was uh, Nashville was was in my future. I thought I might as well just go give it a try. <laughs> but I didn't really have a backup plan. I I think in my mind it was uh, if I thought that way, then I was just planning for failure. You know, I thought I'm I, my. My idea was, I'm going to die trying. I'm, I'm going to give this. I'm going to keep going after this until somebody listens. You know, I was really determined. Well, we're glad you did. Now, what I what I read from your from your website, you were really pretty much discovered on Ed, Ed McMahon on Star Search, which was way back. You know, long before you know American Idol and Who's Got Talent and all the things that we have today. That's right. That, that's right. Uh, I was in Nashville. And I was fortunate enough to, I, I did have a publishing 
uh, I had a publishing deal. I was writing as you know a paid songwriter for his company, and uh, the Ed McMahon Star Search came through Nashville. Nobody was giving me a, the time of day as a you know as a singer an artist. I was still really young, and they still were not in to the young people in Nashville. And in fact, when I first came to Nashville, they said you need to go home, live a little bit you know, and get a few bumps and scars and then you'll be ready to sing country music when you come back, <laughs> you know? It wasn't like, hey, you know, we want to find them young and, and treat them rough, <laughs> that kind of thing. It was, uh, you know, it was like, hey, you're not seasoned enough. You're not old enough to sing country music. When I first got to town, and of course that quickly changed, you know, um, when, when uh, everything, there was sort of a change of the guard there in the 80s, the early 80s, and I just happened to be there during that time, and the Ed McMahon Star Search, getting on that TV show, I think uh, some of the people that might have been watching me grow in, in Nashville would say, well, now he's got a built-in audience, you know, just had a million and a half, two million people watch him on TV, and so it wasn't long after that that the uh, record deal came at, at Capitol Records, and uh you know, I got signed there along with Garth Brooks and Susie Boggess and John Barry and uh, Keith Urban and The Ranch was just uh, just getting signed a few years after that. And so, but I watched that whole Garth Brooks thing happen, and it was it, you know it was right there on our our label on Capitol Records. So we were the we were the label with all the all the goodies, you know, there for a little while. And we had Garth. And, you know, me and, and Susie and, and Barry, and so it was a good little run. Wow, love all those all those names. That was that was just a great era in country music that you were a part of. Just just a great era. CMT did so yep. much for you guys. Just probably oh, it really did. good for the rock world. It did. It it really did. It, it you know put a face with a with a name and a song, and so it was recognizable. You know, people recognized you when you walked through the airport, and it just elevated everybody's uh, image. You know, it, it gives a way to shape our 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 own lane and separate ourselves from some of the other artists. It was a very important tool. Wow. Well, let's listen to one of your hit songs, and it's going to be. I'm going to play one of my favorites because. Uh, it's my show, so I get to pick pick the song I want, and, and I want to, I want to listen to only here for a little while. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one, man. I just I had just got back from Arkansas to uh, to congratulate the guy that wrote Only Here for a Little While. One of the writers, Waylon Holyfield, and Richard Lee wrote that. Waylon Holyfield just got uh, a lifetime achievement award from the state of Arkansas from all the kids that he had written and uh, I asked Richard Lee, my good buddy who I was writing with, I asked him he and I wrote a song called Somewhere My Broken Heart together and I, I, I was on the first album too and it was a toss up between you know, what do we release first, you know, what's going to be your very first single, a label asked me and and, uh, and I asked Richard I said, what, what do you think? He goes, man I would come with the most powerful message you got, you know and that way if it if it fails you know you tried to say something you put your best foot forward and, and so I chose Only Here for a Little While which had that wonderful chorus gonna hold who needs hold and men what needs men and you know, pray what needs pray and say what needs say and we're only here for a little while and that message um, was just kind of out there 
doing okay. It wasn't doing great. It was kind of in the 50s of the Billboard charts, maybe 50s, 60s, somewhere in there. And then Desert Storm hit. We, we went into that first Gulf War where we were all up not, uh, all night probably watching the news, yeah. watching all the bombs go off and everything. And man, only here for a little while, that message started resonating with people. And then Aaron Tippett had, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And, you know, which was a good hook and, and people started gravitating to that. And those two songs just started going up the charts together. Aaron and I both laughed about that today. We go, man, you believe it took a war to get our career started, man. <laughs> I hate that, you know, uh, but it was just, we just happened to say the right thing at the right time. Yeah, God knew what he wanted out there at the right time. So that's exactly right. Something to comfort people. Well, let's go ahead and listen to that song. I'm gonna hold who needs holding, mend what needs mending, walk what needs walking, though it means an extra mile. Pray what needs praying, say what needs saying, cause we're only here for a little while. Today I stood. Singing songs and saying amen Saying goodbye to an old friend Who seems so young Well he spent his life Working hard to chase a dollar Putting off until tomorrow Things he should have done It made me stop and think What's the hurry while they're running I don't like what I'm becoming Gonna change my style Take my time And not take it all for granted Cause we're only here for a little while Gonna hold who needs holding Mend what needs mending Walk what needs walking Though it means an extra mile Pray what needs praying Say what needs saying Cause we're only here for a little while Like I'll never see tomorrow Treat each day as though it's borrowed Like it's precious as a child Oh, take my hand Let us reach out to each other Cause we're only here for a little while Gonna hold who needs holding Mend what needs mending Walk what needs walking
That was only here for a little while. If you just tuned in, I'm your host, Alan Tiger, and my guest today is a Grammy, a CMA, and an ACM award-winning country singer, Billy Dean. Billy, tell the listeners about these awards. You know, what's it like winning an ACM or a CMA or a Grammy? Man, I mean, it, it is a career changer. You know, uh, they're all extremely, extremely hard to even get nominated, and, uh, and to, you know, much less to, to win. It's just a, it's a very uh, competitive uh, area, and you know, I was lucky enough to put like you know a string of hits together um, only here for a little while then somewhere my broken heart followed only here for a little while and when it came out all the songwriters in nashville kind of voted it their song of the year which really made me feel 10 feet tall you know it and uh the next thing i know you know it, it just gives a stamp of approval from the from the critics and my music peers now some people didn't think it was very country you know they, and, and it ended up crossing over the song did cross over into the top 10 uh, adult contemporary charts and it caught the attention of, of Maris which is the Grammy uh, panel they, they nominated it for the song of the year I, I think I went up against Paul Simon's Graceland I think that's what I lost wow. I think I lost to Graceland I'm going to Graceland Graceland <laughs> And, um, but, uh, just getting nominated there, that, that was like in the January, February, I forget about when the Grammys are, it was like the first of the year, man, the next thing you know, uh, you know, the Academy of Country Music nominates it for the song of the year and we get nominated for the top new male vocalist of the year and, uh, and we won and I couldn't believe it. That, that was held in the, uh, in like the spring uh, at the beginning of summer of the year. So we went to the Grammys, then the ACMs, and then the CMAs is usually in uh, late October, November. And uh, I got nominated for a couple of things in the CMA, but we didn't win for that, uh, for that song. We ended up on the CMAs, we won uh, because I was part of the Eagles uh, album, the Common Thread album. And that album uh, won won me a, a producer of the year and a, and a uh, uh, album of the year award for being a part of that. And it does everything, everything changes, you know, uh, stores start calling the record labels wanting back when we had stores and we actually sold right. CDs yeah. in stores, you know, when it was a product that sat on a shelf, you know, uh, after those appearances on TV, man, the albums start flying, you know, out of Nashville. They get on the trucks and into the stores, man. That's they, they beef up those those uh, those music stores back then. Uh, when you were on one of the award shows, they knew there was going to be a run of your music, you know. And um, and the next thing you know, you're in higher demand. Your booking agents are booking you for more money. And um, and those TV shows, there's nothing like it. And of course, those awards are something I'm really proud of to have hanging on the wall. Well, I got to tell you, thanks for being a part of that that Eagles tribute. You and Travis Tritt and Vince Gill and everybody. I mean, I think half the country's probably an Eagles fan. And I, I, I personally, I think that's part of what got them back to, you know, at least in good terms and back out on the road and making music again. And, and, and America loves that band. I tell you, there's no question about it. Uh, Don Felder, 
uh, guitar player, you know, he's no longer with the Eagles, but you know, he, he wrote part of Cal- Hotel California. He and I got inducted into the Florida Music Hall of Fame together, and we showed up for the ceremony together, and I got to visit with him a little bit about that Common Thread album, and he completely credits Travis Tritt, you know, for pulling all these guys together. He just, Travis was doing a song uh, and asked the guys if they would be in the video with him, and so uh, it just kind of uh, got him in this video, Travis singing, I think, Take It Easy with him, and next thing you know, man, we got us a Hell Freezes Over tour by the Eagles, you know, and they were uh, having a second run, and I, I think the Common Thread album, the tribute to them, you know, because they, the Eagles were, their rock music, their early rock music is, to me, what, what the 90s country music sounded like, you know, we, we were all influenced by you know, a lot of different music, like I was saying before, you know, everything from traditional country, but really those, like the Eagles singer-songwriters, I call it kind of folky rock, you know, acoustic rock, uh, that kind of music was what uh, we all came to Nashville with those influences, and uh, it was a little, a little different style of song, and um, and a little bit reluctant at first to let us in there in Nashville, but then it opened up, and uh, a whole new generation was was listening to country music that loved that type of rock music. I feel like there was no place for them to listen, you know, no place for them to go. Uh, those listeners, and they turned to country music. I told my girlfriend the exact same thing last night. She goes, "I don't know." I said, "Well, you weren't a country music fan like I was. You weren't." I, I think I agree with you 100%. 100%. Well, Bill, yep. it, when you're not playing music and you're not singing, what are your hobbies? Well, I love living down here in my home state of Florida. I just moved back about three years ago. And um, I am an old sea salt, you know, old uh, Florida Gulf Coast uh I just this is just in my blood. As I said before, I was probably been in the water with some masks and flippers, and you know when I was a teenager. And I love kayaking. I love fishing. You know, kayak fishing. I like uh, when I'm home. Honest to God, I uh, we we try to live. Uh, we're not like serious. But we we try to live off the land, kind of a thing, you know. I'll come home and, and we'll we'll first, uh, my wife and I, we'll go set out a couple of crab traps, and then we'll go get our fishing gear, and we'll look at the conditions, and then we try to we try to bring in some crab and some fish, and then we like to come home and turn on YouTube and find some different ways to prepare it. Uh, it's just kind of that kind of a fun thing of just living off the you know, land and cooking together and, and, um, and drinking together and a little wine and, and, uh, and enjoying, you know, the, the, the beautiful resources we have around us, you know, in Florida, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, just the food. I mean, we, we, we eat fresh, you know, fresh, fresh, fresh seafood just about every day. And it's, uh, either whether we get it at the market, this little market that comes in and has all this fresh tuna and fresh grouper and snapper. And we just, you know, so I, my hobby is, 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 is kind of taking that food off the land and preparing it and, uh, gathering it. It's just kind of a, 
that keeps us moving and exercising and putting the kayaks in and paddling the kayaks. It's kind of my exercise and my, and my you know, my getaway and my hobby. Okay, you're talking the kayaks. Are you one of these serious ones where you've got the pedal ones or well, yep. the kayaks? We got the ki- we got the pedal ones. Yep, we sure do. We we uh, you know uh, they're the best, man. I, I this is what I love about kayaks. We we uh, we fish mostly in the bay, and when you're in a kayak, you know you're not you don't scare off like bait fish and things like that. So dolphin come right up by the boat man it's it's fun for we'll be right out there and then dolphin you know it just we, we watch these dolphin and how these little uh you know just how they tease these dolphins this little bait fish and stuff and how athletic they are so we'll sit out there in the kayak and just watch watch the show you know just watch them feed it's 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 pretty amazing it's very calm and nice and i just i remember being 17 years old and I would actually was playing in a bar when I was uh, 17, just about turning 18. And and after I got done playing in the bar, it would be about 2 a.m., I would drive about an hour and a half down to the coast and down to St. George Island where I live now and watch the sun come up and kind of sleep out there on the sand. And I remember sitting up specifically thinking to myself, man, I wonder if I could ever make enough money playing music that I could just like buy a camper or a trailer or something to live down here. And it was just always, I realized my end game wasn't so much to be a country music star, but it was, I want to be a country music star so I can live on St. George Island. <laughs> that was the ultimate goal. That's a, that's a great dream, and I, and I love it when people's dreams come true. Uh, I'm going to end it with here with one more question. Is there, a, is there a charity that you like to donate your time or talent to? I love St. Jude uh, Children's Hospital. Um, I do a lot of stuff for St. Jude, and, uh, you know, people and parents don't have to pay for uh, the treatment of those kids uh, when they, if they can't afford it. And so um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, big fun uh, believer in uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Well, we appreciate that. Billy, thanks for being my guest on Sights and Sounds. Uh, make sure the listeners know you're going to be in Indianapolis June 25th at the Marion County Fairgrounds. I believe you're going to be playing you and Neil McCoy are on the on the same bill that night. Oh, that'd be great. That will be great because I love Neil. He's one of my buddies. Well, that's good. I, I'm ready for the show. Tell the listeners how they can follow you, where they can find you on social media, your website, where can they purchase your merchandise, etc. Yeah, uh, so simple, just billydean.com. I would love for you guys to tune in to, uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m., I do a happy hour show when I'm not traveling, but it's usually every Wednesday. Every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> I always get that mixed up, Eastern. Uh, I do a happy hour show for about an hour on Wednesday nights on Facebook. And so if you go to uh, Facebook, you just type Billy Dean, you'll find me on Facebook. And uh, of course, if you just go to BillyDean.com, all my social media links are right there. My, uh, I just started a TikTok. I just put my first TikTok. I can't believe I'm having to do it. My nephew talked me into that. And I 
So I did a TikTok. I think it's Billy Dean music. Uh, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay current on all that stuff, and I hope everybody will come out and see us on uh, on the 25th. Man, it'll be a lot of fun. Gonna be playing with a cool little band. Neil McCoy's a great entertainer. He's my good buddy. And uh, BillyDean.com is where you can find all our new uh, new music, new merchandise, and where I'm gonna be touring. Uh, I think I just found me something to do on 6 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. Uh, there you go. I'd love for you to tune in. Well, Billy, we really appreciate you being a guest. Thanks for taking your time and doing this. And I, I know that you got plenty to do, and we just really appreciate it. Well, Alan, man, I am so uh, appreciative of you being patient, connected with me on uh, the, in between the fishing trips, man. I, we finally got to connect. Thank you, pal. This is Levi Riggs, and you're listening to Alan on WYRZ. This is Sights and Sounds, and I'm your host, Alan Kiger. And my guest today is Platinum Certified Country Music Recording Artist, Doug Stone. Doug, thanks for being my guest on the show today. How are you? I'm good, and thanks for having me on the show. How you been doing since you've been sequestered? I've been pretty good. We're, we're finally opened up back here in Indiana, but it was, most of 2020 was... You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it was rough. I lost my business. I got sick with COVID. Um, but sun's shining. We've had four nice, good days here in Indiana. That it wasn't hot and the sun was out. And it was just nice day. So I'm I'm glad we're getting life back to normal. Well, very good. That's about what's going down here in Texas. Um, you know, everybody's just had it. Looks like they they've already had it. You know, and. Uh, those that haven't have you know gotten vaccinated so everything's opening back up and i'm glad too boy this sitting around just drives you nuts oh i've never been so bored all my life it, it's it's horrible <laughs> yeah, now you started have you started touring yet you, yes okay. yes we're, we're slowly getting back out there and dates as we even book uh we're going on a two-week uh, run here pretty soon and so I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, everything's opening back up. Uh, yeah, I had the COVID myself. It was kind of rough to get through, but that's some rough stuff. It was. I, I had it Christmas Day. That was my present. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Glad Christmas. you made it to New Year. Well, Doug, let's go way back. I'm going to start when you, were a, when you were a youngster. Who were your musical, oh. who were your musical influences growing up? influenced by music period you know just the sound of it um but mama was country and so that was kind of i guess you'd say the first music i heard and uh i loved it you know I'm a, i've been a country fan since you know i've been on the planet um then i got into you know the rock and roll the elvis stuff and you know he he, he came out the year i was born so it was kind of i grew up with elvis my whole life. As a matter of fact, it was weird. We uh, buried Grandpa on the day that Elvis died. It was kind of strange. That is kind of little strange. story. <laughs> I was at my grandparents the day Elvis died. I remember it like it was yesterday. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's really weird. Well, I read from from your your manager that at age seven you opened up for Loretta Lynn. Tell the listeners what kind of experience that was for a seven year old. Well, you know, um, Mama, had, uh, when I turned five, you know, I was uh, getting pretty old. I, I was in a hurry. I told Mama, I said, you know, would you teach me to 
to play the guitar. And she said, well, if you'll practice. So I'd practice, you know, until my fingers bled. And when I was seven, she uh, did shows for the radio station there in Georgia, WTJH Radio. And uh, Loretta was coming to town. So she asked him uh, if it'd be okay if I went out and did a song. And they said, sure. So uh, it, it worked. I went out there and I, I played a little three-chord boogie on the guitar and, you know, looked at her. And I didn't even sing. I was scared to death. But when Loretta went out there, she kicked her shoes off. She says, hey, oh, God, oh, man, I'm just country. I said, that's what I want to do for a living. So I guess Loretta, Mama and Loretta made me what I am today. Well, she's quite, quite the lady. I, I read that you were a mechanic before, if I read this right, before you got your break in country music, is that what you would have done the rest of your life had you not made it as a country singer? Or was there other dreams for you? No, not really. Um, I was really a musician before I was a mechanic. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, you got to make a living somehow since Daddy did mechanics and had a shop in the backyard. That's... Uh, that was the logical thing to do, you know. I got good at it. Uh, we could do anything you wanted to do, you know, tear it, take it apart piece by piece and put it back together brand new. Uh, that, that's what we did. We built trucks. We'd uh, go buy junk trucks and rebuild them, rebuild the engines and, uh, you know, put them back new again and sell them. So, uh, but I got good at it. The thing about being a mechanic going on the road uh, is when you break down, you can uh, fix it yourself. So I did a lot of that buses or something else i don't care if you get in a brand new one it's gonna break down but uh <laughs> you're probably not gonna fix one of those either oh yeah i've worked on the bus i had oh really it break down oh yeah exhaust pipe blow off of it or something you know or the, the where it connects to the turbo would break and you'd have to redo something you know and rig it so you could get home so you were probably sought after in the country music. Hey, we we know this guy is a mechanic. We'll get him. He can play the guitar, sing right, and and fix the bus. Well, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> really, I'll tell you a story about myself and and Travis Tritt. We were out in Welfare, Texas, and I couldn't even find it on the map. So you, if you know what I'm talking about, it's somewhere out there that you can't find. You have to ask somebody where it is. Anyhow, we got out there, and Travis's bus was uh, running wide open. And I said, let me take a look at it. And I did. All that happened is the throttle leakage had, had flipped over. So I flipped it back, and it was just fine. That's pretty amazing. You know, simple things like that that would stall other people didn't bus, you know. That's, I mean, that's a useful, helpful thing when you're on the road. Oh, yeah. It, like I said, it got us to a lot of gigs. But I got tired of it. I mean, you know, once it caught on fire two times, I said, you know, I think we're going to get out of the bus business and let somebody else handle that. So now I just lease from a company. A lot easier. Well, Doug, you've had eight number one singles, 11 top 10 singles. Uh, you've sold over 10 million albums. Um, that's a humongous accomplishment. Wow. What are some of the highlights of that that, that you remember that stick out in your head, you know, the story of a song, you know, and maybe one you didn't think was going to be a hit that was, or one you thought was going to be a hit and it wasn't. What's something 
in that 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 really sticks out to you? Well, you know, when the guy stood up and he pulled his pants me said let's do an album that was the biggest thing that i'd ever you know went through other than you know watching my kids being born but uh when, when uh montgomery said let's do an album so, um, that had to be the highlight of my life uh and then you know when we hooked up doug johnson which you know he's the one that took it to uh bob montgomery and we hooked up and we started doing the album, and it was just amazing when I first heard my voice recorded by a real producer, you know. I was just, uh, I've never heard my vocal uh, taken apart and uh, copped, you know, in different ways. Like, I'll sing it one way one time, one way another time, and sometimes he'll hook them together, you know, because he likes that flow of the music. So, in actuality, when I finished my first album, I had to go back and learn it. But that was one of the biggest things was hearing my voice the first time done by a professional. And I went, wow, man, that's something else. <laughs> I'd, I'd ask you what your favorite song is, but I've heard they're all probably babies, so it's hard to pick your own favorite kid. But, oh, I don't know. Let me tell you the first time I ever okay. heard my voice right. on radio. It blew me away. The guy, we, did, we were in North Carolina doing a show, and uh, I went by the radio station. He said, have you ever heard your song on the radio? I said, no. Dale Van Horn was his name. And uh, he played. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you five minutes to get to your car. So I got to my car. When he played on a pine box on the radio, it was just, I don't know. It was kind of like a dream come true, you know, for a kid. Georgia to hear their music I've, I've, I've heard that a lot from, from artists talk about how exciting that is the first time they've, yeah. they've heard that I, 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 I don't know what that's like so I'll, I'll never get to experience that well I'll tell you I, I'm ready to play one of your songs I'm going to play one of my favorites uh, it's you know unless you've got one you'd rather play but I, I want to play Why Didn't I Think of That so listeners let's listen to Why Didn't I Think of That Why Didn't I Think of That I don't know. He sends her roses and lands he composes Things a lady loves Well, he's there to hold her when she needs a shoulder If life gets too rough Oh, now that she's left I keep kicking myself Whenever I start thinking back He says he needs her tells her he loves her Why didn't I think of that When she gets down well he's always around and he makes her smile again He mends her heartaches remembers her birthday and tries to be a friend Now that she's gone I know what I did wrong so simple and fat He says he wants her Can't live without her Why didn't I think of that? Ooh, I've been watching Every move that he makes Ooh, I've been thinking It could have been different somehow if I'd known what I'd know now He sings her love songs and tells 
Bowser is love strong Thing she needs to know He tries to please her and calls for no reason Just to say hello He says he loves her and he'll never leave her And I never will get her back I did my best, thought of everything else Why didn't I think of that? Every move that he makes Ooh, I've been thinking Ooh, it could have been different somehow If I know what I know now He sends her roses and lines He composes Things a lady loves He's there to hold her When she needs a shoulder Life gets too rough Oh, now she's left I keep checking myself Whenever I start thinking back He says he needs her Tells her he loves her Why didn't I think of that? He says he loves her And he'll never leave her Why didn't I think of that? That was Why Didn't I Think of That. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and my guest is Doug Stone. Doug, what, what kind of hobbies do you have outside of music? Well, as a matter of fact, what I was doing when I called you, I'm building pine boxes. I'm a little woodworker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, it was weird. I got to sitting around here and... Uh, I got to thinking, I said, you know, what can I do that uh, people would enjoy and, and uh, you know, that I, I could build uh, since I like to work with wood. And so I started building miniature pine boxes. They're like three and a half inches by seven inches, but they're, uh, they're cute, cute little wooden boxes. Are you, are you selling them at farmer's markets or on eBay or? Oh, I sell them on the website. The only thing for me that I do is go to the website. It's okay. got everything I've done or doing. Okay, well, I missed I missed the pine boxes on the website, and I thought I I thought I toured it pretty good. Yeah, well, they should be on there. If they ain't, boy, I'm gonna skin some heads. Well, I have to look again. I, I wasn't looking for pine boxes, so that could be my fault. Well, as a matter of fact, I even thought about going into the business of building big ones. You know, hand build big old timey caskets. See what people <laughs> thought about that. I have so much time during Monday, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. You just basically just touring on the weekend kind of a deal, like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then off? Well, we're going out here for two weeks now. We'll play like three and four days on, then off one day, and then three and three or four on. But, uh, yeah. Okay. What are, your, what are your charities that you like to uh, donate your time to? St. Jude. Okay. Anything to do with kids, yeah. Um. The Heart Association, I did a whole thing for them one time. Um, I was the spokesman for the Heart Association one year. Um, yeah, let me tell you, if you smoke, quit. No, I That don't. stuff will kill you. It's uh, proven it, you know. I'm, I'm living proof, and I, I feel my lungs because of it. Now, did I read that you had had a quadruple bypass? Oh, yeah, who's counting, man? It was really five. But it was really five? Who's counting? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Doug, you're going to be performing June 30th 
at the Marion County Fairgrounds here in Indianapolis, what would you like the listeners, what, what should they expect? I mean, you say you're just starting to get out. I mean, fans have been cooped up for a year. They haven't heard live music. Have you noticed that fans are a little more eager? Are they a little more excited at the place? What should they expect from you? Let me put it this way. I was down in Nashville. I don't even think they had fanfare this year. That's what I used to call it. Uh, and it was just crowded as it could be. I mean, people were standing outside the doors. They're ready to get out and have fun. So I figure that uh, we always have fun when we go because it's, you know, what we're born to do and what we love to do. So everybody come on out and let's have a good time. I'm pretty excited to be there. Doug, let's tell the listeners where they can follow you on social media, where they can purchase tickets. You mentioned your website. What is your website? Are you on other social media platforms, TikTok or Instagram or Twitter? We're on the Twitter and Facebook and uh, Instagram. All the, all the good, you know, stuff out there, all the uh, social media. So, uh, Duckstone.com is my website. So, you can go there and, like I said, you can get uh, tickets to there, find out where to get tickets to the shows and everything else, all the information that you don't care about about me. And, you know, <laughs> all the good stuff. Hey, as a matter of fact, I have to go there to find out where I'm going. Well, I, I know, I think I saw you're going to be in Texas, and then I looked, I was just looking for the dates up here, and you're going to be here on the 30th. So, and I'm telling you, I'm, there's a lot happening at the Marion County Fairgrounds that week, and I'm excited to see you. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, this ain't my out. first time. But, uh, like I say, this ain't my first rodeo being there. It's a great place to play, always has been. Well, Doug, thanks for being our guest on Sights and Sounds. I look forward to hearing you perform live on June 30th. Fans, again, that's June 30th at the Marion County Fairgrounds. Let's get out. Let's support live music. Let's have a good time. You know, let's get back to life. Amen, brother. Thanks for being my guest. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. Join us the first and third Sunday of every month at 11 a.m. on WYRZ. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at sightsandsoundspromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty.